what is up everybody we are here for dci podcast episode number 37 i am grayson alette alongside me is dci's head of grading jason dardick jason second episode of the jason and grayson show man here. absolutely another beautiful day in the hobby happy to be here uh that's right episode number two got a lot of awesome stuff in store and i believe the first uh podcast episode where we get to cover the super bowl that's exactly I right. I don't think we started the podcast early enough in 2022. I think we did it like a little bit after, you know, the first episode was, I think, a month or so after the Super Bowl. So this is the first kind of Super Bowl recap episode, too. That's what's up. Of I DCI know. podcast history. So that's going to be a lot of finishing fun. finishing an NFL season strong, uh, starting off a new a new season, if you will, of podcast with the uh, the Jason and Grayson show. But uh, tons of awesome stuff this week in the hobby, as well as at DCI kind of let you talk about the uh, the happenings um on our side of things and then kind of jump right into uh some awesome topics for this week absolutely guys first off make sure you like subscribe comment on this video if you're watching on youtube or you can listen in anywhere that you find your podcast guys to the dci podcast that's spotify apple music uh amazon anywhere that you guys listen to your podcast this show is available each and every single week with each new episode. Also make sure you give us a follow on whatnot at DCI grading on whatnot. I know you and big sexy have both been cranking out some streams still with a lot of really fresh product, tossing some hockey on there recently. We lit, I was just going to say, I ran, um, some artifacts hockey today. We've got, I, I don't know where these people come from, but we have like an awesome community of hockey buyers of WWE buyers of UFC buyers that just show up for whatever show we're running that You've day. You've got all the niche communities. Yeah, it's been it's been so much fun and I it's and honestly it's it's such a good way for me to learn about the sports that I'm not as familiar with. Uh, I so couldn't that's been agree really more. fun. Definitely come out uh, come check out our whatnot. Get a stack started to the left with me. Uh, I know Big Sexy's got WWE coming this Friday as well. So tons of value, guys. Great place to get started. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Even just as a viewer when I'm just in there watching and seeing how y'all streams are going, I learn a ton about, you know, I feel like I've learned so much about WWE and UFC, which Crazy. I feel like I've just dabbled in a little bit, but now like I know who all the big guys are. I know all the rooks yep. from, you know, these last couple classes and everything and, you know, who to keep an eye on for and who's on the rise and all that type of stuff. And, you know, the same thing's going to happen soon with hockey. I mean, I, I know the Dallas Stars, obviously, because right. I like going to games, you know, with my wife and such. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. So if anybody wants to give us a follow on whatnot at DCI grading, great way to get into, you know, not just football and basketball, although we do run all sports on there. We have all of the, all the niche sports as well that, you know, I feel like deserve a little bit more love and uh, you can learn a ton in just one stream, honestly. Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, not only is it a good place to learn, but it's also a good place to really get started in the hobby. I think a lot of people, kind of like yourself, maybe know the the Conor McGregor's, the Khabib's of the UFC or the Rocks and the Undertaker's of the WWE, but maybe don't know the next top 10 to 25 guys in those, in those, you know, more niche sports or markets. And it's a really great place. Whatnot is to get to see the new product, but also jump in to a new market that you may not be comfortable with without necessarily paying a ton up front and, and losing, you know, kind of getting that sour taste in your mouth. Like, Oh, I ripped a UFC box. I'm never going to make my money back. Um, this is kind of the opposite where you kind of, you know, we're kind of providing the value up front to let you kind of get in and kind of continue to grow these markets. Um, and so just kind of a good way to diversify your collection as well. Um, so whatnot, definitely exciting, but, uh, huge. And I always love when you toss some Pokemon on there. Too, yeah, so. it's exactly right. TCG. Um, whatnot is a, is a great offering that we've got, obviously, um, 
just on the personal side of things, having fun with it. But yeah, I would say the thing I'm most excited about to announce on the show this week, uh, we talk about whatnot every week, but right. we have a game-changing service um, that we are about to bring oh, yeah. to the grading industry. I'm glad you're bringing this up. Yeah, because this, is, um, this could be its own topic on the show. We're not going to do that to you guys. We're just going to keep beating it into your heads at the beginning of these videos. But uh, why don't you make that announcement? Um, as from now, this point forward, the grading industry has changed. The grading industry has changed because DCI slabs are finally available. They are going to be hitting the market here in the very near future. But not only that, not this weekend, because I believe this weekend you guys are going down to McAllen, Texas for right. the 956 Sports Card Show. But next weekend in, in San Antonio, in San Antonio at the SA Collectors Expo, DCI grading will be offering on site slabbing at the SA Collectors Expo, our first time that you will be able to get DCI slabs in your hands live at a card show, the SA Collectors Expo, one of our tried and true shows. We went to, I think, every single one in 2022. We are going to be back again, going to every single one in 2023. But this first one is special because DCI is bringing on-site slabbing, but not just on-site slabbing, affordable on-site slabbing. Bingo. That's what I was going to say. I know if you guys have gone to some of the bigger card shows around the country, you've seen on-site slabs before, right? That's not really the the end-all, be-all, the change, right? Right. PSA just did it at Burbank, you know? we. Yep. But this is the price is really the game. Right. Every time one of those other companies sets up, right, there's a a drastic increase in price, not only for labor, um, you know, all the things that go into things on their end. But there's also just a markup for the quick turnaround time, the instant service. DCI is extremely proud um, to have been able to fine tune this service over the past two years to be able to bring it to you guys on site slabbing for $30 a card. Flat rate, $30 a card, no matter the value of your card, at the San Antonio Collectors Expo. Uh, I know Grayson touched on it. It's still shocking just to even hear you say it. It is. I know We've been talking about it in the office for so long. We're, we've been so excited. I literally have goosebumps. Uh, I can show you on my arms, but I have goosebumps every time I bring it up because I know how, how great of a value proposition this is for the hobby, especially somebody who's graded cards for so long. The product is so good in the value like the price point, everything. It's 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 the sweet spot, and it's really what the hobby needs. Um, we're so excited to be able to again hit the road, come to the collector, you know, take that extra step to provide value to the collector and slab these cards on site again, guys, at the San Antonio Collectors Expo. Um, a show that is at the end of February, guys. Last weekend of February. Yep. Thank you. Honestly, you know. Some people maybe would have expected the Dallas Card Show, but I think the SA Collectors Expo has earned it. And I was just going to say, this has been our best, one of our best, you know, shows. The area, the the support that we get. Most of our regular customers are already familiar. Love with the, the service. community down in San Antonio. You guys are freaking awesome. It was a no. We have a blast every single time we're down there. It was a no brainer for us, like you said, even being from Dallas to to target a San Antonio Collectors Expo and what they've done for us over the years as their grading company for the San Antonio Collectors Expo. It makes perfect sense for us to target that show uh, at the end of February um, to unveil our new on-site slabbing from DCI. It's going to be awesome. Shout out to Brian, the show promoter, for allowing us and kind of making things work. Our setup's going to have to be a little bit different, obviously, to accommodate the, the whole setup that that requires. Right. But he has been 
going above and beyond to try and make this thing work with us and make sure that not only are we prepared for it, but the collectors are getting the most value out of it. And that's really what we've been working towards this entire time with the debut of on-site slabbing specifically is really just making sure that, you know, it's not just Oh, we're just going to set up and do this thing, but right. we're really going to be able We've to nail it, the process dial in. in the process, make sure that the collector is really getting the most out of this experience. And at just $30 a card, guys, no upcharges, doesn't matter. You know, We've been saying that DCI provides the best value in grading for a minute, but this, I think, really puts the exclamation point on it. Yeah. I, you are not going to get on-site slabbing for a cheaper price or in general, period, at and, almost any show. And it's just a, a no-doubter, again, when um, when you guys do make it to the show and you come out and see the slabs and uh, all that stuff, you're just it'll make perfect sense in your hand. Um, the quality of the slab, the quality of the product for the price is a no-brainer. It's um, it's an absolute no-brainer, guys. You know, it's we know the RCR tour farewell tour still going on. You can still mail in cards for three dollars a card right now for our RCRs. That's about halfway done, by the way, yep. Jason. Just to toss that out there, there's still a month and a half left. Month and a half gone. RCRs will be gone by the end of March, but this is the reason why is because we want to bring the ultimate product for DCI to the game. And that is our slabs. The quality is amazing. We've dialed in the process, like you said, and yep. we're ready to really bring this thing to light and, and we're so proud and, and excited. Like what we, we got. Yeah. We, we can't, can't wait, honestly. And I know, uh, I said at the beginning, we could probably spend an entire segment talking about DCI slabs on-site slabbing. Um, it is something you guys are going to be hearing from us quite a bit, obviously, as we roll out our, you know, our, our prime, uh, so if you have service, not planned so. to come down to the SA collectors expo already, you better do it now. Now, now you have no excuses. The game changing service of the grading world is coming with DCI to the SA collectors expo for the very first time on site slabbing $30 a card. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. And what else? Yeah, man. I, that's I. And all yeah. I'll say, just to, this is just the start too. I know. That's man. the it's, crazy thing. That's the is thing. that this is really exciting, but this is just the start of what DCI is bringing with the slabs, guys. So just be ready. So that's yeah. awesome. No, I'm so excited. Again, I, I know we could do an entire podcast. We could go the whole episode um, just just going on about it. But let's go ahead. Those are uh, that's what we've got going on at DCI right now, guys. Again, follow us on whatnot. Sign up for the SA Collectors Expo now. Get your tickets. And send in your cards for that $3 RCR grading as well. We're just bringing all the value all the time at DCI grading. So get in on it, guys. That's right. All right. Let's get in on the big game, Jason. Yep. The Super Bowl has finally concluded the 2022 NFL season. The Kansas City Chiefs are yep. Super Bowl champions. Final score was 38-35 to 35 as they took down the Philadelphia Eagles in Arizona. It was... Um, a really great game, actually. Unbelievable game. Super fun game to watch. I would say out maybe like the last five or six Super Bowls, one of probably the most ex- – I think it might have been the most exciting Super Bowl maybe since like 2017 when Philadelphia won it back right. with Nick Foles. That was a really exciting Super Bowl. It was. I think the year after that was when the Patriots made the comeback against the Falcons. That was a great one too. But since then, the last couple of years have been okay. But this was a really fun Super Bowl. I, I agree. And so the the way that I kind of look at the Super Bowl compared to the past few 
is that, okay, I'm not an Eagles fan and I'm, I'm not a Chiefs fan just by, you know, not being in Philly or Kansas City. Sure. I love Mahomes and I think Jalen Hurts is awesome. But again, being in Dallas, it's hard to root for the Eagles, right? So right. I, I decided early on I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I love Patrick Mahomes. He's fun to root for. But at the end of the day, I did not have a dog in the fight personally, right? So I really just wanted to see a good game um, that was close at the end. And, and honestly, I wanted to see the better team win. Yeah. And I'm, I think that's what we got. I honestly do. Um, I think that in a series, if the, if the Super Bowl was played in a seven-game series, kind of like the NBA or sure. MLB, the Eagles probably win out four of the seven games. In a one-game series, I want to see the best player win, you know, right. take over that game and win it. And that's, and that's what I saw Patrick Mahomes do. To cre- you know, credit to the Chiefs. They played a hell of a game. Their defense and special teams, who everybody thought Philadelphia was going to have the better defense and special teams, it was the Chiefs who turned it all together and played as a team. But again, Patrick Mahomes able to do the to do the uh, the dirty work when it mattered, and uh, it's tough to bet on that guy. Bet against him. Tough to bet against that guy. Football is a four quarter game. That's exactly right. And you and I have watched enough football, even being as young as we are compared to a lot of other football fans out there at sure. least, that it's a four-quarter game. And the Eagles dominated in the first half. I mean, the only reason the Chiefs were even really in it in the first half was because of the fumble recovery yep. by Nick Bolton. Shout-out to Nick Bolton, by the way, Frisco Lone Star graduate. What a game he so, had. Yeah, he had a heck of a game. He, had, he almost had <clears throat> 25 tackles, it seemed like. He, yeah. I mean, he was He everywhere. really put himself on the map, he I was think, everywhere. as one of the best linebackers I mean, he kind of almost had. I mean, if it weren't, if he had gotten the second one, I started getting like Larry Brown thoughts. Seriously, he was. You gonna, know? he would have been the MVP of the game, probably. Totally, yeah. yeah. So, um, shout out to Nick Bolton again, Frisco Lone Star graduate, right there. Very nice local showing guy. out in the Super Bowl, local guy, right there. But yeah, um, the Eagles dominated the first half they overall, did. though. I mean, if it were not for that fumble, you're looking at maybe, I mean, a 31 to seven game at halftime, possibly. Yeah. You know, it it should not have been even a 10-point game going to the locker room. So credit to the Chiefs for making big plays when they needed to. You know, Brad and I talked about this in the show last uh, – uh, not last week's show, but the show before um, when we kind of were talking about our Super Bowl predictions that the X factor was going to be two things, penalties and turnovers. Yep. And honestly, at the end of the day, that really was the X factor. That fumble recovery for a touchdown by Nick Bolton was gigantic for Kansas City in the first half when they really needed something, they got it. And then in the second half, I don't believe that the call at the end of the game determined the whole game. You know, you had to play, but it did seal the deal. For sure. It did seal the deal. That cannot be argued. And it did not give the Eagles an opportunity to go on their own drive at the end of the game. And that was absolutely massive. Absolutely. So, you know, credit to the Chiefs for scoring on every single drive in the second second half. That was so impressive. I was going to bring that up because you're more of an X's and O's guy when it comes to football than I am. But I noticed on the first touchdown the Chiefs scored in the second half, how wide open uh, the receiver was. And it it was Sky Moore on the second one, I think. Yeah. but anyways, Andy Reid drew up a great play to get his guy wide open. He walked into the end zone. Him Here, and Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, called a heck of a second. Unbe- half. Unbelievable! And I, I would say that was that was the difference between coaching, you know, in the game. Co- Andy Reid yep. won that game against Nick Sirianni in the second half, to the point where they literally scored on the same play twice 
and just flipped it the other direction. You know what I mean? And they realized at halftime, hey, these guys are going to overcommit on the outside every single time. If we run that little fake, mm-hmm. this guy's going to walk into the end zone. Yep. The X's and O's factor and the the coaching side of things that maybe we don't see in the moment while we're watching the Super Bowl, things like that, until a couple days later when, you know, the analysts have had time to break it down and they say, okay, here's what here's what Andy Reid saw right. and made this adjustment. That, to me, is so valuable that, again, just cements Andy Reid's legacy now as a, you know, two-time Super Bowl champion. Um, yeah. Arguably one of the best um, coaches in the NFL history. I, he's, he's, I think he's officially taken over as the best coach in football. Sure. You know, we, we, we've said that's Bill Belichick for the longest time yeah. with everything he's done with the Patriots, but you can't tell me that the other 31 teams in the NFL would not trade their head coach for Andy Reid. Right now. Uh, right now, right. they would one do One for it. one. Yeah, one for one. Does not matter. You put any other head coach with Andy Reid, and you tell me you don't want Andy Reid instead. I, I dare anybody to try and it's make a comparison. I really think let that us know in the comments, guys. Yeah, let us know, let in, us the know comments. in the comments. Is there any other head coach in the NFL that you would take instead of Andy Reid right now? That's right. I really don't think I would. And I got to give Andy Reid his credit too. At the end of the game, when he was getting interviewed, he did not take the credit. No, nope. he gave it to Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes and That's the exactly offense. Right. And I think that he is just the ultimate leader. It's not about him. Those it's guys about would do team. anything for him. Yeah, um, and it, that that was so impressive. Also, crazy impressive. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes. I crazy. mean, we saw him get hurt near the end of the first half, and he re-aggravate like he was, that ankle. He That's looked like happened. he was really in pain. He re-aggravated that high ankle sprain, no yeah. doubt in my mind. And then for him to go out in the second half and just continue to have to scramble yeah, through multiple a, plays, run past the line, he made and that make one moves. run where he he, oh, he did his, a little shimmy. Oh. Looked, I'm like, he dude, looked like he was in so much pain running up the no field. There's no way he's not feeling yeah. this ankle. I'm like, this right. is ridiculous, you know. Right. And I'm sure he got a little bit of something to lock. Sure, room, but sure. Still, there's no way he's not feeling that out oh, there. Oh man, I bet this week, especially um, like this week's got to be brutal. But like, like Kelsey, like uh, Travis Kelsey said at the end of the game, MV Pat, MV Pat, because right. that was absolutely amazing. Yeah, all credit goes to the Chiefs. I mean, the longest punt return in Super awesome. Bowl history. Kadarius Tony, a guy who I feel like really deserved it. A dude who has struggled through injuries, has yep. so much talent, has not even really throughout the season been able to kind of show off in that Chiefs offense. Makes one of the biggest plays in the game yep. with that punt return for 65 Flips yards. position. Massive play there. Yeah, that was just amazing to see. So all credit goes to the Chiefs, honestly, because of how they played in the second half and how the coaches coached in the second half. But also, the Eagles... Um, they flubbed it in the yeah, second half. Yeah, I, I agree. The Eagles, I will defensively. Yep. I mean, they're no pressure. Or I mean, no sacks the entire game. Um, that definitely hurts. But also credit to the Chiefs' offensive line. They 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 had know, an amazing, game. unbelievable game. And at the same time, um, when it comes to the Eagles, I just said that they flubbed it. But the one guy who didn't was Jalen Hurts. Aside from the fumble, I completely agree. That yep. man had He's an amazing game. I was talking after the game. I'm like. I know that this isn't how you do it, but I think he might have deserved MVP in that game. Right. Obviously, the losing team, yeah, he wouldn't get it, but only yeah. one guy has ever gotten Certainly. MVP. And it was, I think, Chuck Howley for the Cowboys. He was a linebacker, got NFL MVP back in like the 60s or 70s or something like that. But yeah, I honestly, truthfully think that Jalen Hurts deserved MVP in that game. Nobody played a better overall game. Then Jalen Hurts did. He did absolutely everything in his power yeah. to try and win that game well, for all, Philadelphia. All season long, he was their, you know, their engine. And so it wasn't surprising to me to see that. But I really agree. I think he's just 
He's so tough. He's so smart. He and made throw yeah. after throw. Yeah, I'm, yeah, and three rushing touchdowns. First player in Super Bowl history to ever do that, and first quarterback to ever have multiple rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown in a Super Bowl. I just literally breaking records in his first ever Super Bowl. I, I just can't I can't say enough about the season that, that guy's had. So what's interesting is I, I completely agree. Jalen Hurts, I'm a big fan. And, and going into the season, I had actually picked up some Jalen Hurts stuff thinking, hey, Philadelphia is going to make a, a good year. Smart you know, move. A, a good run. They're going to have, you know, they're going to win the division pretty handily. I, I figured at the time, just looking at the division, didn't think they'd be very good. Um, and they ended up did win, you know, they won the division, but, um, I waited till, you know, before the season picked up a bunch of Jalen hurts and right before the season started, you know, flipped it up, flipped out of it. So again, made money, right. Never expecting the Eagles and Jalen hurts to go on and have the season that he did. Um, and so I definitely, I fumbled the bag on that one as the kids say, yeah. but, um, you know, still made money, not, not, not going to regret it. Like looking right. back, you know what I mean? But it is fun because I didn't, you know, I thought Jalen Hurts was good. I thought Philadelphia was good, but never in my wildest imagination on the card side of things would I imagine his, his you know, his one of one prisms and stuff reaching the numbers that um, they have been realized year. in in auction. So, um, yeah, on, just amazing the, game. On, yeah, and on the flip side of that, um, the other guy who whose prices maybe went so high before the Super Bowl or in these last couple of years is Patrick Mahomes. Yep. And so let you know what what is your thought on Mahomes investors, right? I it's tough, right? Where where, do, where does Mahomes go from here? He wins the Super Bowl yeah. and the prices don't go up. I think it's tough to see to be perfectly honest with you. And this is something we talked about um 2 weeks ago, Brad and I in our Super Bowl prediction episode yep. as well was that look, whoever you've got, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts, if you've got, you know, obviously if you have any massive Mahomes or massive massive Hurts cards like might want to hold on to those, but if you yeah. had any cards that you had invested in like at the beginning of the season before the Super Bowl was the time, is to, the let time to let them go and make your profit there because it's just been proven time and time again that winning a Super Bowl or losing it, but even winning a Super Bowl does not increase the prices of a guy as much as you would like for it to. Right. And Mahomes especially was a guy who was just bought at such astronomical values. At he was one of the the Lucas, the yep. one of those guys in yep. 2021, especially when the hobby was at its absolute peak, going mm-hmm. through that going through that crazy time when cards were just going for a lot more money than they should have, than they should have, honestly. Um, Than they are now. But I think the more proper thing to say is then they should have. And it stinks to see Mahomes investors who were hoping to see him win his second Super Bowl and maybe see that investment actually pay off, just not, just not pay off. And simply because of timing and the market has nothing to do with obviously it has Patrick nothing or, to do with Patrick's talent. It has nothing to do with the fact that he's not a good enough player. He's an amazing player. It's yeah. just the fact that the way that the market was operating at that time was you had to overpay for those guys. You had to overpay for Luca. Yep. You had to overpay for LeBron. You had to overpay for Patrick Mahomes and Michael Jordan and every other massive player at that right. time, new goat and old goat. Whether and, or not you believed in right. their ability to continue to go up or because down. Because there were other investors who were willing to overpay to get their hands on those cards. And it ended up creating a market where there's just no room for, for, these cards to for go. profit. That's there's exactly no room right. for profit. 
in today's world, especially. And yeah. it, it's unfortunate to see in terms of that, but I think it's a learning lesson for hopefully the hobby to, to see that no matter how good a guy is, if your goal is to make profit on a card of a specific player, the price has to be right. You have to know that there's got to be a point where no matter how big that card is, no matter how good that player is, if the price is not right and you plan on flipping that someday and trying to invest in it, there and make still profit, has to be a margin. You've got to walk away yep. when the price is not right. right. And you've got to put your money somewhere else. Again, I think that this is for people who are trying to invest and try to make profit down the road. Yep. If you just want to be a Mahomes collector, by all means, pay as much as you want right. for his gold prisms and all that type of stuff. I will not stop you. But this is for the people out there who are investing and trying to flip and trying to capitalize off of these players and their talent. The price has still got to be right at the end of the day for you to make that profit. Completely agree. Here's something that kind of ties into the same you know, topic right, right now, right? Again, I just said I had bought, you know, prior to the season, a bunch of Jalen Hurts stuff, a couple contenders, autos, things like that. Um, some nice patches, things, you know, nothing, yeah. cr nothing crazy, everything under a thousand dollars. Sure. Okay. Which for a quarterback, you can still get high end stuff. It's not going to, you know, break the bank. Right. Um, it's nice cards. I was able to, you know, double my money again, moved on. But again, some of those prices now are just insane. And, you know, realized a week before the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? And so now it's probably come down a little bit since the A. Yep. People were, you know, betting that he was going to win and then have another flip or, again, long term, buy it now, wait 10 years, and he'll have a couple Super Bowls. Yeah, blah, blah, exactly. Blah. Yeah. You know, so there's there's a lot of things, to, well, a lot of ways to look at, at Jalen Hurts' market. I fortunately bought in the off season, right? So, Without any NFL taking place, no headlines, no anything, right? Um, and so what, you know, my th my theory and my thinking behind that was, okay, well, anytime anybody says anything about the NFL, it should go up because there's no hype around the NFL. Nobody's talking about the Eagles. Nobody's talking about Jalen Hurts. They, have no, they haven't had their draft picks come in yet, all this stuff that's going to happen in the offseason. Right. Right. So I, I was just betting on, okay, the time of the year, is the time this is, is the this is the time to get into a player like a, that a quarterback or somebody that I think is going to be you know sure. able to be flipped at the beginning of the season regardless of how I felt about the Eagles like again I thought the Eagles were going to be good which is why I picked Jalen Hurts but I didn't wait for the Eagles to go on and win their first eight games before selling it you took your shot I I took my shot and sold it and let somebody else take their chance on them winning exactly. the first eight games and flipping it again you know what I mean I think um, that that's a really good point you know Timing. So right, timing is everything, and right? Not, not so only the, not only the buy-in price, but but when and you when know. and where to sell as well. I yep. agree. So now that the season has come to an end, and you know the Super Bowl's come and gone, some people, you know, and just so just to make this clear, Patrick Mahomes cards did go up for they you know a couple days, yep. but they're going to go right back down, guys. Just right. so you know. So um, just wanted to kind of make that clear as well. That I'm sure some guys made some money out totally. there, but. Not a lot of them, all you know, especially the bigger cards. But you know, now that the NFL season has come to an end and we're officially entering the off season here in 2023, the next big event, two events are going to be free agency when it yep. kind of starts, and then the NFL draft is going to be in April. Um, what is your advice to collectors out there, NFL collectors specifically, yeah. 
for the offseason? What should NFL collectors be doing during the offseason? Is this the time to sell? Is this the time to buy? Is this the time to maybe rip some wax and, and, you know, just see what's out there. Like what, what would both like, maybe what would you do personally? You know, you kind of just talked about it, but what sure. do you recommend? Yeah. So again, I think the off season and as we kind of close out the Super Bowl, right, there's still going to be some headlines and some hype and some, you know, auctions that people may put up during the last, you know, the end of the Super Bowl that are just about to finish. Right. This could be, you know, a month or two from the, now. Yeah. When, when it's officially died down, all yep. the Super Bowl hype and everything. When the only sport on is baseball. Yeah. Is when I like to Your buy favorite time is when I sure. like to buy football there because people are so ready for football by the time that that baseball season ends that it does not matter. You know what I mean? Who mm -hmm. it is or what it is. As long as it's a football card, they're going to buy it, um, especially being in Texas where football is king, you know. Um, so I like to spend a lot of the, you know, the dog days of summer, like July, June, July, August, getting ready for the NFL season, right? Yeah. Looking at, you know, Vegas odds, the futures odds to win the title for next year, right? There's some, there is science behind that. You know, Vegas isn't just putting random numbers up right. for odds, right? So maybe go and look at the top, who they think the top 10 teams are going to be. From there, I'd say, okay, well, who do I like on those teams? Who do I think has potential to play more to score more to do whatever um, obviously in football I'd focus on the quarterbacks right let's just say Carolina is you know signs a bunch of free agents right. or something like that um, yeah maybe they got, get a huge quarterback they, maybe they sign a huge quarterback well yeah. then you know it's you you're really going to benefit on everybody who is already on Carolina yeah you know benefiting from them signing a huge free agent or getting a top draft pick something like that where you know you may not even have you may not even have to go out and buy anything. You may have stuff sitting um, where you know guys just get traded, yep. become free agents, sign with another team, get drafted into a, a right a great situation, um, things like that, where the value of the cards may just go up inherit you know just because of off the field moves or front office moves, things like that. Um, but again, I don't like to. I'm not a I'm not a football whisperer. I'm not a quarterback whisperer. I know you're mostly a baseball guy. I'm not a, I, I can, you know, and again, I can tell you if a guy is six foot five and can throw a ball 80 yards that he's probably a good quarterback prospect. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but at the same time, like it, when, if you're going to ask me to decide, you know, just tell you 20 years from now, who's better Herbert or Burrow? I have no, I don't know. You right. know what I mean? Like they're both awesome in my opinion. Yeah. So what I would do is go buy a few Burroughs, a few Herberts, you know what I mean? Guys like that, that I like, that I think can grow for that draft class. Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, you know, some of those quarterbacks that I may just take a flyer on for five, 10, 50 bucks a card and just put them away because I'm holding on to them during the off season. And when, again, when football season comes up and somebody says, Hey, the Redskins didn't draft a quarterback. It looks like Sam Howell is going to start. Well, then I'm going to dump all my Sam Howell stuff because somebody's going to take a chance that he's going to be the starter, he'll win one game, and then they can flip it, right? Right. Um, and so I just prefer to buy and kind of speculate on the time of the year rather than the player um, just because I'm not, you know, I'm not the biggest football guy. But even in baseball, basketball, same thing. It's more about if you're buying in the offseason and selling during the regular season or buying early in the season and selling at the all-star break or for playoffs, um, it's more about how you – have a plan to buy and sell at a specific time. Um, and I think the only thing I feel like I can really toss in there, cause it's a lot of good points. Yeah. You know, I feel like June, July, that's right when you should be, 
buying for the most part because free agency and the draft will have happened by that point. Right. You've You're kind of hearing about who's looking really good in training camp and things like that. Who fits what system. Right. But yeah. preseason hasn't started yet. So you're still like right before the real, real hype right. and of when all the prices kind of go. As soon up as again. people start reporting to training camp, you're going to see a big tick in, um, in NFL prices, right? And then they're going to drop right at week one. Yeah. Until teams start winning and, you know, start to figure it out. And then you're going to see people speculate, okay, and they're speculating for the playoffs. They're not speculating for the next week. Yeah. They're speculating for, hey, this team's going to make the playoffs, potentially make the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? I'm, it's a six month, four month, six month flip, things like that, not just a one week. Um, obviously, if you, if, if, if somebody's selling you a card and you can buy it for 50% and turn around the next day and sell it and make 20%, you're going to do that. Yeah. That's, but that's, that's just goes buying for any anything. Sport, right. That's know? buying anything. Right. Um, but I, I think, think the only thing I can really toss in there is I don't, you know, I don't think this is, oh, this is the time to buy or this is the time to sell. I think that this is the time to re-strategize 100%. and reinvest. You know, dump whatever you have that, like, you don't, I feel like, that believe in long, anymore. Exactly. And it's probably not going to go up that much maybe at the beginning of the season. Right. And reinvest that money. 100%. During the offseason into your new set of guys that you're going after. So, you know, whatever, whatever couple guys that, you know, you can get some money for, but they just, you're just like, I just didn't, you know, I thought they were going to be so much bigger. They didn't work out. It's a great point. This could be the time to get rid of them during the offseason. Cut your losses. Yep. You know, just be like, all right, I'm just going to get what I can for these right now. Keep the money turning. Keep that money and keep the money turning. And then, you know, just wait a little bit. Keep that money off to the side. And then June, July, like we said, we think that, you know, if you want to buy earlier, buy earlier. Um, There's obviously going to be some more products coming out. But, you know, that's just the time when we would wait for the guys that we are going to take a shot on, I think, for the season and be like, all right, I'm taking that money now that I dumped. Yep. You know, early in the off season and I'm going to reinvest it in, like you said, my Kenny Pickett's, my Sam Howell's, my, you know, who may, whoever Derek Carr, if you like the team he goes to or Aaron Rodgers, if you like the team he goes to or whatever, right. you know, that's, I think maybe a move that people absolutely need to think about. Like there's, you've probably got some cards sitting around of you've, guys that didn't work out. You've got to be, you got to be willing to take a loss, keep yep. your money moving and know that there's always going to be more opportunity to buy new guys and in other players that you maybe didn't like last season, but guess what? They're on a new team. They've got a fresh new start, system, yeah. new Jersey, and they look a lot more enticing now in, in the hobby. And I think that that's something that a lot of collectors could be thinking about during the off season as well. Yeah, I think so. I think anytime the, you know, proposition comes up to consolidate and upgrade your collection, you should absolutely do that. Um, whether that's, you know, trading 10 cards for one bigger card, like yep. you said, or if it's selling off, taking the cash and keeping it turning, you know, just send um, all your stuff to consignment or whatever. You yeah. Know? And they, there's, there's ways, there's ways to get that cash, um, back in your pocket. Right. And, yeah. and keep it turning. So, well, I think that that is a really great point and a good, I feel like, uh, end to the NFL season and for yeah. what people can kind of expect over the next couple of months, both in the sport and in the hobby for football cards. So, Let's go ahead and move on to our final topic of the day. And it has nothing to do with football. It's actually <laughs> got God. everything to do <laughs> with wrestling cards All right. and fighting cards. So UFC and WWE. We know that Panini recently got the license for both of these sports. And, yep. you know, over the last year and a half or so, we've kind of started to see some of the first products 
from Panini come out for WWE and UFC. You know, we in 2022, we saw the premiere edition of Prism. Uh, Prism and things like that. And now we're starting to see them get into the higher end products. Yep. Impeccable immaculate. For, yep. and Immaculate yep, for both. WWE and UFC either just dropped or have dropped recently. And yep. so these are some of the first really high end cards that you're seeing um, come out for WWE and UFC cards specifically. Um, I want to talk about this a little bit because I feel like a lot of people are still kind of sleeping on UFC and WWE cards in the hobby, you know, for whatever reason, whether they believe in it or not, or the, the prices just aren't there for them or whatever it may be. But I still think that there is a lot of time for these two sports to grow in the hobby world. So what I want to ask you is out of WWE and UFC, and you can mention both if you like to, sure. which one do you personally as a collector believe in more going forward as more of these products, especially these higher end products it's a great come question. out for these wrestling cards? Do you like WWE more or do you like UFC more? Do you feel kind of the same about both? Which one do you think has more potential for growth in the hobby specifically? And that may translate, you know, to its general popularity as well. Sure. I So that's a great question. First of all, it's changed a lot in the, I'm going to just say like, if you would have asked me this question two years ago, I wouldn't have blinked and I would have told you UFC and it wouldn't have been close. Right. Okay. In the last six months, I, I think that's almost a hundred percent different. I would say in the last six months, I think the WWE market is much stronger. I think, um, in terms of singles, like single prices being realized yeah. either at auction or just, um, you know, on a whatnot stream or, you know, just, enable you know able to be used in a deal um whether or not you're trading with somebody in pokemon wwe you know what i mean the value of the card from wwe holds better to the average collector than a ufc card will and why do you think that is it's a great question just off um, the top of your head i think it's because of the familiarity with the, the brand wwe versus the ufc okay again that's a, that's going to be a, you know wwe's been around way longer they're a way true. bigger corporation you know they're on tv all the time um all that stuff i also think it lines up you know well with the nostalgia feeling mm-hmm. of you know people who now have expendable income who are close to our age you know late 20s early 30s grew up watching all these superstars from the 90s wwe wwf ecw you know all these all these wrestling leagues um and at the end of the day if you're a fan of something it's a collectible right so if you're a fan of it it doesn't matter if it's a pokemon card or a sculpture or whatever it is if you like it you're gonna collect it right so i think the the far larger collector's base uh for the wwe has really helped the um, kind of the high-end market as well, just because, you know, it's not only people buying the high-end stuff. You're, you're very much seeing a $1 to $5,000 range yeah. on the WWE, um, where it seems like most UFC collectors are really only focusing on the golds to 10, the high-end on-card autographs, things like that more as a flip potential, um, than a true collection if that makes sure. sense. Um, and now I want to toss in my two cents on this yeah. because I was thinking a lot about this when we decided we want to talk about it. I've got a couple of reasons and I, I just want to start with, I agree with you. I yeah. think that WWE is the stronger market right now 100%. over UFC, especially from what you and I have seen. We've ripped a lot of WWE and UFC cards. Absolutely. So, um, and we've seen those prices. We've seen what the bigger and smaller cards go for. Absolutely. Um, I have a couple of reasons. 
First one, I think, is general popularity, obviously. WWE has been around for a lot longer. Right. There's a lot more legends, you could say, yeah. in WWE that people can get excited about. Right. Um, and some of these legends are not just wrestling legends. They're now like pop culture icons. 100%. Guys like The Rock, guys like John Cena. Mm -hmm. These dudes are actors, and yep. and they are in the face of not just wrestling fans. They're in the face of the general population. Creating that character and that so, personality. even if you've never watched a single show of WWE in your entire life, you, you know see the a The Rock card, you yeah. know who Dwayne The Rock Johnson is. Exactly you right. know who John Cena is. And I think that that matters a lot. So general popularity is a really big one. Number two, I think that WWE, and a lot of people don't think about this, is a lot more kid-friendly than UFC is. I you got to understand yeah. that UFC can get very rough in a lot of their broadcasts. And there's yep. a lot of parents out there who do not let their kids watch UFC, but they will let them watch WWE. That's interesting. And um, I think you have a lot of kid collectors who also like WWE. And I think that's something I don't think that's a, a massive factor. Certainly more of a family friendly, brand. a much more family friendly brand. Yeah. And I think that that's something that you have to consider the fact that you're going to see a lot more kids buy WWE cards than they ever will UFC cards. And I don't think that's going to change to be perfectly honest with you. you know, I agree. I think it's just the simple fact of the matter of what you're watching. It's entertainment. It's like watching, you know, a real life superhero out there. It's right. not like watching another dude beat up another dude. It's a very different thing. Yep, absolutely. No, I agree. And it's a, it's they're two different sports, right? right? Yeah. And to your point, I would I would say that along the lines of like the again the kids, you know, who maybe grew up with the ECW, right, which was much more violent back in the '90s than WWE is today. Yeah, those kids. Who are now our age, you know, mm -hmm. grown up now in their in their mid to late thirties or twenties or whatever, have kind of taken to the violence of the UFC yeah. and maybe transitioned over. And as the card market has grown, seen that opportunity to flip. Um, whereas the kids who are coming up now, ripping all of this new Panini, you know, debut edition WWE Chronicles, things like that. Yeah. And just to circle back, like WWE cards are not new. They've been around for a long, long time. Yeah, Topps was They're making very them for a while, you know, before World Wrestling ever Federation, did, yep. some of the highest end wrestling cards you can get. Anyways, they've so wrestling cards have been around for a long time. What's really exciting to see is that the ultra modern, so, you know, ultra modern being, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to call it Panini, the Panini era, yeah, ultra sure. modern, high end collectors get to see some of these new you know, sets and all that stuff for these sports to where I think it's a great time to buy if like, let's just say, uh, you know, a high end card in WWE is not even going to, it's going to be one twentieth of a high end card in football or basketball. Right. Sure. But 10 years from now, a $5,000 WWE card may look like an absolute steal because 10 years from now, maybe $50,000 card more along the lines of a high end football or a high end basketball card. It's an interesting thought. And so as we've, again, I've, I've had so much fun getting to know like the different niches of the hobby. Right. Yeah. And I, I had this discussion with some people on Twitter yesterday, breaker Mayfield and flex Burkhead, uh, quick shout out to my guys on Twitter. Excellent, excellent WWE, uh, content, Again, guys that I look to to kind of, uh, you know, practice before we come yeah, on yeah, and do no. our podcast. But anyways, we had this discussion and, and they made a great point. It's the the general collector's base is so much bigger for the singles 
you know what I mean? There may not be as many people willing to jump in and rip WWE right now, but as, as the wax prices in the hobby just over time continue to drop and kind of make um, kind of even out like we've seen over the past few months in other sports, I think a lot more people will take that $100 risk and open a box of WWE versus a $1,000 risk on a box or a $500 risk on a box of UFC or football or whatever it may be. Um, I think that's a really great point. The yeah. only other point that I really have that I also think you kind of need to give a little bit more of an edge to WWE two over UFC is the UFC market. I, from what I have noticed is a lot more volatile than 100%. the WWE market. It seems like not only are just kind of the most high end cards, the golds and those types of things, the, you know, the ones that are truly desirable, right. but it's also the champs. It's whoever's got the belt right now right. that is making the money in UFC. Or, I mean, kind of just the star rookie that's, you know, like Patty Pimblett. Yeah. Patty Pimblett is a great example for, like, the fresh guy on the scene, right? He's drawn sure. a lot of attention. He kind of gives off Conor McGregor vibes. Like, he's big just a, he's a big personality. But right. he is not, and he hasn't lost a fight yet in his young UFC career. But the second he does... All you're gonna of, see, you're gonna see a drop. It's Absolutely. gonna happen, and it's happened with every single fighter. And it's know. happened with every single fighter who has, you know, it happened to, um, it happened to, um, the. I'm trying to. I can't remember which one. The guy who Leon Edwards knocked out a couple of months ago, um, who was huge for a minute there. Islam um, Us Usman. Oh, Usman. Yeah. Usman. Yeah. I was like, I don't. So, <laughs> Kamaru Usman. You know, yeah. he was really big for a minute there because he was on this crazy winning streak, yeah, and then me. Leon Edwards knocks him out. And his prices plummet. Yep. And it's because Edwards took the belt from him, I'm pretty sure, in that fight. And yep. it's it's whoever's got the title is who's really, hype. really big and whoever's, the hype that's yep. going for big money in the UFC and everybody else and that's has where, to play second fiddle. Yep. And that's where I feel like the true collector, right? The fan of a WWE wrestler. Like if you're a diehard fan of The Undertaker, I don't care. I'm not looking to resell that card. I want The Undertaker's card, so I'm going to buy right. it. I want to open a box and look for The Undertaker card. And I don't care if I ever sell a card from the box ever again. And I, think, and the... I think that's where the WWE has the wider collector's base. And again, I, you know, as you scale from the amount of people who are willing to buy a hundred dollar box, right? You know, obviously if it's 200 now, you're going to get twice as many people who open it for a hundred, right? Right. And as these $5,000 singles, the high end stuff may be dropped down to 3,500 or 3,000, 2,500, you're going to see bidding wars. And you're going to start seeing these high-end collectors start to pop up and build these collections early on that 10 to 15, 20 years down the line, you're going to look back and be like, holy cow. Like the way that people look at the people who collected the tops Chrome WWE stuff from the early 2010s, sure. right? The, the, you know, the super fractor auto of the rock now would bring an absurd number, 50 grand, hundred grand, maybe more at auction. Yeah. And, you know, that's so far buried in somebody's collection that at the time they probably paid $1,500 for it and it was a crazy amount of money, right? Yeah. And now they look like a genius, right? And so that same, that same regard in the new era of these ultra-modern WWE, UFC cards. And don't get me wrong, I don't think the UFC market is no i'm not saying that not the ufc market is a bad market in fact i could even make the argument that the ufc market has more room to grow than the wwe one does you know the ufc is still an incredibly young brand compared to the wwe so there's a lot of room for growth still for yep. the ufc in that regard and i think that you can also say this about both sports that 
cards, especially these modern cards, are not heavily marketed to either one of these fan bases. I mean, you even if you go to WrestleMania, you're not going to see Panini selling cards there, which I think is pretty interesting. You know, you um, will eventually. You will eventually. I'm pretty sure, but right now you're not. You know, it's and it's the same thing. When you go to a UFC event, there's no UFC cards there. And I think that that's a marketing tactic, and that's something that is going to eventually be capitalized on. And I think that that's going to bring in more fans over time. And you never know. So I think that that's something that also has to be considered, is that you and I are not saying that the UFC market is a bad market to get into. In right. fact, I think you could say because of the fact that it's a little it's, bit lower right now, it's, it's a great, a great time, great to, get time to get into UFC. Absolutely. But I think both are really good to get into right now, just so we're clear as well on that. But I think that I just wanted to have that conversation because yep. I think a lot of people put those two in the same pocket right now Absolutely. in terms of where they stand in the hobby. And I think that it's um, it's just a good thing with these more and more higher-end sets. I mean, eventually, I think we're going to see National Treasures WWE and UFC, and we're going to see Flawless Standalone. National Treasures. You know? yep. So when those products come out, if you're thinking about getting into one of those markets, I think that it's just a good time to uh, have this discussion You know, with Impeccable Definitely. and Immaculate coming out recently for both of them. Um, just, a just an interesting, just an interesting thought that as Panini continues, cause I think that that's what the true thing is that Panini's making it clear. Like we're not just treating this like it's a side thing. We're going to give, this is its own we're market. giving yep. it everything. We're, mm-hmm. it's going to get the high end sets, yep. WWE and UFC. We're not just treating it as, as the side thing, sort of like they, I mean, um, sort of like they maybe would lead people to believe just right. because of how popular football is and stuff like that. Right. But UFC and WWE are here to stay and they're here to grow in the hobby right now. And so I think that that's something that everybody should be very aware of. Yeah. And I think you said it best, just kind of as cards become a mainstream asset class or hobby for people, a business for people, whatever you want to call it, whatever sport you're collecting is going to see an increase of collectors. Because the hobby and fanatics and whoever, whatever company is going to, you know, drive the main stream, you know, pop culture into cards um, is going to affect every, every card sport, you know, type of card, Pokemon, you name it. Like, um, it's going to, it's going to affect it all. So interesting um, stuff. Yeah. Awesome stuff. I, I, I do want to say one more time just how excited we are to be bringing on-site slabs to the San Antonio collectors expo at the end of February, $30 a slab guys on-site grading at the San Antonio collectors expo. You have got to be there guys. You got to be kidding me. At the SA collectors. I'm so excited. It's going to be massive. It's going to be huge. We are so, so excited for that. Make sure you come out to San Antonio, guys, two weeks from now. Last weekend of February is when that show is going down. $30 per card for on-site slabbing. It's happening. It's real. And it's at DCI, guys. So make sure you take advantage. I'm Grayson Allette. This is Jason Dardick. This was DCI Podcast, episode number 37. And we'll see you next time.